Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You're with our Changing World on RNZ National. And if you'd like to get in touch, you can email us at ourchangingworld at radionz.co.nz. But for now, gold nuggets and bacteria. Geologist Dave Craw at the University of Otago is investigating a question that's vexed geologists for hundreds of years. How do gold nuggets form? Primary gold forms when gold precipitates during chemical reactions between hot hydrothermal fluids and rocks in the Earth's crust. Secondary gold deposits form later, when gold is weathered, eroded and then reconcentrated. Dave suspects bacteria might play a role in the concentration of secondary gold and he's using a scanning electron microscope to peer at the nano beginnings of nuggets. And he tells Alison that the Otago gold fields are a great place to investigate this very question. There was erosion of gold-bearing quartz veins in the Otago schist and that gold got concentrated into rivers over the last 100 million years. So the original Otago gold rush revolved around uh, extraction of uh, the bits and pieces of gold that were caught up in the river gravels. Can you still find gold in river gravels around Otago at the moment if you took a gold pan out and did a bit of panning? Oh yes, if you don't find gold in Otago you're not panning properly. (laughs) And the gold that you find in the rivers, what's it like? Lots of tiny little flakes? Lots of tiny little flakes, about um, half a millimetre or thereabouts, and uh, very thin normally. Some of them are folded in half or three quarters. Do you ever find nuggets? Uh, well, I don't <laughs> find nuggets, but there are nuggets out there. Yeah, people find those with metal detectors mainly because they're uh, big enough. And that transition from those tiny flakes of gold through to those much larger nuggets, that's what intrigues you, isn't it? Yes, yes, that, that's what I'm working on at the moment, the, the possibility that you can uh, have nuggets growing in the ground under low temperature conditions. You've been investigating this at a microscopic scale, and although we're not in the scanning electron microscope room, you do have some scanning electron microscope pictures on the computer screen. So can you describe one to me? What are we looking at here? Well, we're looking at a grain that's about half a millimetre across and uh, that grain has got some smooth surfaces where it's been hammered in the river and and flattened and and rounded by uh, transport in the river. Like any rock in a river? Like any rock in a river and gold is uh, more prone to that because gold is very soft. And on the outside of some of these grains. We've got uh, interesting crystalline 
uh, growths where gold has been added on the outside to make that grain a, a little bit bigger than it was. So on this microscope image here, it looks like smooth, flat plates or something across the surface of the grain. That's right. They're, they're, these ones are, are long, thin plates. Uh, some of them are almost as, as long as the grain itself, and, and they've been uh, a- added over the top of the, the smooth river surface. Any idea what's forming that, how that's coming about? Well, we've got a, a whole range of ideas about where that's going, but uh, the, the the bigger plates, the crystal plates, we, we think are probably just uh, an ordinary chemical process where gold goes into solution in one place and uh, it, it re-precipitates somewhere else, nucleating on uh, a gold grain. Okay, so gold attracts gold. Gold attracts gold, yes. yes. Gold is, has a cubic structure. Uh, when you look at it uh, at the atom scale, uh, it, it's a very characteristic cubic structure. And I think that the new gold likes to build on top of the old cubic structure, just like salt does. When you talk about new gold, though, it's not new gold in the sense that it's being produced, it's just being repurposed. So you've you've ultimately got the same amount of gold in your river. Oh yes, we're not making gold. All we're doing is taking small amounts of gold from various parts in the river gravels and concentrating it to make a smaller number of larger bits. Do you have any idea what the chemical process is that's driving this? I'm sure there's a whole lot of chemical processes, but one of the ones that we've been focusing on recently is that uh, in, in the uh, groundwater system, you often get uh, deposition of pyrite, iron sulphide, which some people call fool's gold, and, and that get, gets deposited by bacteria who uh, reduce uh, the sulphur in the river water. And uh, that pyrite will, will sit there until the water table changes and uh, then it, it oxidises again. And, and that releases chemicals that can dissolve gold. So can you see any of this pyrite? Have you seen that in any of your images? Yes, yes, yes. We have um, some uh, nice images of pyrite. They're, they're sort of small spherical things, about uh, 1 to 10 microns. And they're, they're spherical and they're made up of lots of very, very small crystals. And what makes you think they're bacterial in origin? It's just the the shape of them. They've actually caught bacteria in the act in some places of the world uh, in uh, muddy organic sediments. You can can see the remnants of the bacteria associated with these things. So the intriguing thing here is you've got two processes going on then. You've got a chemical process, but you've also got some biological processes. Yes, um, the the biological process is a very important, but in an indirect way. Uh, we, We also think that there are some gold textures that look very much like uh, the shapes of bacteria and we think that uh, there is direct uh, chemical reaction with bacteria that causes a different texture of gold. It makes the gold look uh, very wormy. Can we have a look at one of those? Yeah. So this is another grain of gold. It's really well rounded by the river, but... But uh, if you look in the cavities and on the surface, there's a whole lot of things that look like worms, all interlinked, uh, covering some of the clay within the uh, gold grain in in the cavities and uh, covering some of the surfaces.
They look really like worm casts. Yeah, they do. They look very much like worm casts, and uh, th- they are at the nanoscale. They're, they're down around the micron scale, and uh, they're highly irregular. And they haven't been worn and rounded in the river either. No, they obviously They'd haven't. They'd break off very quickly, I would think. They, they would break off very quickly, and uh, th- they would just disappear. So those, you think, are caused by bacteria? I think that they're caused directly by bacteria. There's been experiments done elsewhere in, in the world, lab experiments, uh, gold-bearing waters. Uh, some of these bacteria don't like them, and so they specifically exclude the gold from their cells and uh, deposit it in their cell walls. It's another case, though, of gold attracting gold, so that the, the gold that the cells are excreting it's getting stuck to this little gold grain. That, that's right. I think that uh, the bacteria are probably living on the gold. They don't care that it's gold. It just happens to be there. But because that's where they're living, uh, they have to put up with the gold. And the way they put up with the gold is to get rid of it and uh, precipitate it outside their cell. So is your idea that between this chemical process and between this biological process with these bacteria, the gold grains are gradually accumulating more and more gold and becoming bigger and eventually becoming nuggets. Is that sort of the nub of what you're thinking? Well, that's right, yes. I think we've got plenty of evidence at the small scale here that that process is happening. And uh, another uh, aspect that uh, we're looking at is to examine real nuggets, the, the big ones. So we're in a different situation now where we're looking at uh, the original quartz veins that uh, occur in the Otago schist. And uh, in, in those quartz veins, the gold, when it was first deposited in the quartz veins, was very, very small. But the same processes uh, that we get with oxidation of, of pyrite uh, that, that we get in the river sediments, we also get that in the quartz veins and that's another way of making uh, nuggets. And the old-timers in Otago, when they looked at these quartz veins, they found uh, some very, very large pieces of gold. And so you've got a picture there that's got a 50-cent coin as a scale and then quite a scatter of little nuggets all around that. So you'd probably get, I don't know, 10 or 20 of those if you piled them up on your 50-cent coin? That's right, yes. Some of them are even bigger. Some of them are getting up towards the size of a, a 50 cent piece of New Zealand money. So this question of how do gold nuggets form, has that been exercising geologists' minds for quite a while? Uh, probably 2,000 years, maybe more, actually. The um, Romans were, were worried about all of this too. So are there other theories out there? You've got one that's a combination of chemistry and biology. Do other geologists have different ideas? Yeah, well, uh, elsewhere in the world, uh, people think of gold as being uh, a noble metal, and they think that it doesn't move around in the general environment, and that these gold nuggets that you find were, were formed by very hot water, uh, very deep in the Earth's crust. Whereas you think it's much more mobile I think than it's- that? At low temperatures, I think it is. I think gold is not a noble metal at all. I think gold moves around very, very readily. So it dissolves, it reforms? Yes, yes, at low temperatures. And when you say low temperatures, how low are low temperatures? I suppose 10 degrees. Those are nice ones. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you've just pulled up (laughs) a 
a panorama of a few gold nuggets, which are very nice-looking gold nuggets. And uh, a lot of them are intergrown with the quartz, but uh, some of them are forming uh, gold crystals, uh, the, the shape we call as octahedral, uh, which is quite characteristic of, of gold crystals in, in this sort of a dry-cold environment. When these nuggets are growing, is it that, that whole thing that gold attracts gold, that, that's a crystal structure thing? It's definitely a crystal structure thing. In, in the case of these uh, large nuggets, uh, the, the gold just keeps on growing. And if we hadn't interrupted, it probably would have kept on growing. It's sort of like fish. You can throw them back to get bigger. Over what kind of time scale? Uh, that's something we, we don't fully understand, unfortunately. But the youngest... Uh, secondary gold we've found is, is, is probably only 10 or 20,000 years old, which is uh, geologically very young. So uh, over millions of years, basically, this gold is just getting reworked and reworked and reworked? A absolutely. Uh, I think that that's one of the reasons why uh, Otago gold is the way it is. It's been uh, worked and reworked for 100 million years, and the big bits have stayed behind. Fascinating. So the whole thing is much more changeable than you imagine. You somehow imagine that there are these bits of gold and they lie around and they're unchanging and then eventually we find them, but that's not the case at all. No, no. I think that uh, if you leave gold lying around for any length of time, certainly physically it will change shape as it gets tumbled around in the environment, and I think that chemically it will change shape as well as the, the bacteria... Uh, indirectly or directly will, will have an effect on the gold. You've got a Marsden grant trying to sort of tease apart this question. How far do you think you're going to get with it? Uh, I really don't know at the moment. It's it's early days. Uh, I've been just been going for a year and I'm gathering all the information I can from uh, Otago and I've also been doing some work in California and in the Yukon. Do you see the same processes in California and the Yukon as you do here? Uh, interestingly, you don't see the same processes as in the Yukon, uh, but uh, California, very similar processes, yes. Any idea why the Yukon is different? Uh, I wish I did know that. Um, it gets very cold up there, and um, maybe it's tied up with that. I I'm not sure. So it's a bit of watch this space? It definitely watch this space. And that was Dave Craw. And his research on gold nuggets at the University of Otago's Geology Department is funded by the Marston Fund. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web. rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Kakite anō. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.